Hi. Amy, finally. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Great, thank you. It's oh nice my person. I've oh. voice in your podcast and it's fun to see your your beautiful face. Well, thank you. Thank you. You I'm so excited because it took us so long to get here through fires and COVID and everything. So it's been a journey of a year in 2020, hasn't it? <laughs> It has, and it's all all up in the air for you guys at the moment. So we'll see, hey. Yeah, we're just you know we just rolling with it. <laughs> Practice resilience, I guess. Oh, I was gonna say we are resilient. Um, just a warning: both my kids, of course, are unwell today. So I've told them to be quiet, and they're playing Minecraft. But oh, okay. how old are your children? Nine and six. Oh, so I have a, a six and a seven-year-old. So oh, lucky you. I can relate. I, luckily, my kids are been back in school for the last three weeks. We're hanging on every day to make sure they stay in school. But I was very familiar and have been doing the, you know, running a company and Zooming and um, having homeschooling children in the other room. So Yes, yes. And it was just, I, my, one of my biggest problems is the kids I can tell to go away and be quiet. But my yeah. husband was sitting right here. With the world's, I swear, the world's noisiest keyboard. And I'm like, dude, but he's out today. He's on a site visit. So <sighs> calmness. <laughs> so how are you, are, do you have boys or girls? Or both? I have um, uh, my boy is seven and a half and my daughter is six and a half. Ah, I have girls, nine, almost 10, boys, six. Yeah. They are fun. noisy, They're noisy creatures. They're very fun ages. I love them to pieces, but oh. <laughs> Yeah, Felix fell off the monkey bar, or not monkey bars, farm in Poland, playground yesterday, banged his head. We think he's got concussion, so that's why he's home. Oh, good times. So, lovely to see your face. What I do is I'll go through the bio. I did cut out a bit about your agency, but feel free to talk oh. about your agency because the bio felt really long. Um, and then I go through the questions. But if we go off on tangents, it's fine. It's a conversation. And um, anything you have to say of value, I know you're talking about resilience and getting through this pandemic and the world has even evolved even further since we start, first started trying to line this up. Yeah. So talk about whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not married to the questions. I will sometimes bring them back um, and then I'll give you an opportunity to, to welcome people to your website or whatever you've got going on in terms of promo at the end. Okay, great. Okay, cool. So I do the smile and breathe. <laughs> are you Hello? filming are you filming? i am filming i am filming oh a video too yeah oh oh my god okay I that's why it. i always say vlog people miss that oh, okay. like, it's video you look beautiful you look beautiful do you want lippy brush your hair anything though <laughs> i decided to let my hair go curly a year ago and now it's just always mad so i just go with it so yeah it's video so i'll share the link when it's done smile Hello and welcome to the Smart Women in Business vlog and podcast. Today I am very excited to be talking to Amy Stanley, founder and CEO of E29 Marketing. Amy founded her independent award-winning advertising agency in 
2017 after co-owning and managing several women-owned agencies. Her 27-year career has been defined by building brands and breaking through the barriers for women in business. Amy has held executive level account management and strategic planning positions at top agencies from New York City to San Francisco, where she delivered exceptional results for a roster of leading brands, including Coca-Cola, Sousa, Corbusier, Kraft Foods, and Chicken of the Sea, which we all love from Jessica Simpson. Earlier in her career, Amy was a pioneer in shopper marketing, launching Publicist Dialogues, first shopper marketing division titled Publicist Retail Connections. She's led retail marketing seminars in Asia, London, and across the US. She's also an advocate over young women in business, which is so important in this day and age. Amy speaks at events and provides marketing support to several women-focused nonprofits, including Alliance for Girls. Amy? is speaking to us today from San Francisco Bay Area with her, where she lives with her husband and her two young children. Welcome, Amy, yay! Hi, thank you, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome, it's been a journey for us to get here. Um, Amy has, has, Amy and I started this a while ago and then there was bushfires and COVID and all sorts of things, but here we are, two women getting through being self-employed in 2020. I'd love to know about your business journey, Amy, apart from 2020, but I'd love to know any tips on there. So tell me about <laughs> how, how you came to be where you are today. Oh gosh. Well, my passion for advertising started as far back as I can remember. I, um, for some reason, I had this idea that I wanted to work for an advertising agency all the way back when I was in high school. So when I set out to college, um, I grew up on a farm in Iowa. So I went to the University of Iowa and I um, got a degree in communications and art. I've always been um, very interested on the, in the creative side of things, but I ended up finding my skill set in account and strategy. Um, but just have always had a passion for the business. I, I love what I do and, um, and have always been focused on it from a very early age. But when I graduated in the early 90s, the job market in the US here was, especially in advertising, advertising was horrible. Um, and the pay was awful. <laughs> um, so I landed my first job at a small agency in Denver and I actually worked the front desk as a receptionist for free for a couple of months until I was able to get um, uh, the account coordinator, account coordinator position. Um, and I waitressed at nights and on the weekends to pay bills and just, you know, got my foot in the door and got going. And um, my first real big job was at a promotional agency in Denver, um, working on the Coors Brewing account. and was really lucky to work on, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but to work on an account with huge budgets. I mean, the beer business still today has some of the largest budgets. So I was working on lots of different things and I got to touch a lot of different things really early in my career. Um, and really, you know, that helped fuel my passion for the business and, and kind of find my way. And, you know, throughout my career, I've just really tried to be a sponge. I've worked with a lot of great, you know, amazing coworkers I'm still friends with today. I've had great mentors and bosses that have really shaped who I am. Um, and so I spent the next few years in my career kind of jumping from smaller agency to large agency, kind of jumping across the US. I started in Denver, then Chicago, and then from Chicago to San Francisco, and then San Francisco to New York, and now I'm back in San Francisco. So I'm <laughs> I uh, like adventure and I've always been, you know, very driven and career focused, but um, flash forward to 2008, I um, got married when I lived in New York. Um, we decided to leave New York um, for Southern California and um, 
it all sounded like a great idea at the time. And then I got to San Diego and I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> what do I do with my career? There aren't really big agencies here. I've, you know, always worked at these huge shops and worked on really sexy accounts. And so I had to just say, you know, what's, what next? Um, and thankfully, um, I was able to pick up a few freelance positions and I started consulting for some, you know, bosses and things. And um, ended up partnering up with my, my previous partner and uh, we built an agency um, uh, for about 10 years, a very successful agency. Um, it's how I got to the Bay Area. Um, but, you know, partnerships are tough. So about three years ago, we parted ways and um, I found myself in another really big turning point in my life. Like, oh, what next? Do I go back to, you know, go back to the city and go back to a big agency? And so literally overnight, I started E29 Marketing. Um, and that's um, thankfully today, E29, we're thriving. We have a, an amazing team around me and some really amazing clients. And, um, you know, we're making it through this crazy year. So <laughs> congratulations, um, anyone who makes it through this crazy yeah. year. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's really been my personal journey that's like shaped my company now, what I wanted it to be about. Um, even the name itself, E29, is actually the highway I grew up, the name of the highway I grew up on. My I was going to ask about design branding. Um, my parents' farm in um, Iowa. And I just thought, when you know, when you're thinking of a name for your own company, it's kind of like, I wanted it to be meaningful, but um, catchy at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, uh, uh, you know, names of uh, places with, with numbers in them. But no, seriously, I, re I really wanted it to be about like, what are the foundations I want of my company? So, I mean, obviously I'm from the Midwest, United States. It's all about hard work, hard work ethic and, you know, loyalty and integrity. Um, but being based here in the Bay Area, you know, we're really, um, you know, forward thinking and all about, you know, we really had to be nimble and moving with the changes. And, and um, but one of the best things I think about, um, having my own shop is being able to form our company culture. And, you know, we're really like a family. Our clients are family. Um, and, you know, I loved working at really big agencies and I worked at some amazing shops, but I didn't always like some of the things that happen at um, big companies, you know, the layers and the politics and no matter how good a job you're doing, it's kind of, you know, I've always been in client service. And for me, it's always important to deliver an amazing client product. And sometimes I didn't feel like I could do that. So mm. that's one of the things I feel like we get to do really well here. And I, I personally want to deliver that. I touch all of our, our business is that like amazing where our clients are first. And it's not about E29. It's really about our clients. So yeah, that's the privilege of having your own, <laughs> yeah. your own business or your own agency is that you do get to deliver your service how you want to deliver it. Exactly. Um, and your name's on so client relationships are just so fun. Um, and that's part of the joy. Otherwise we'd go and work with other people, but <laughs> yeah. for other people rather. So your business has obviously evolved a lot over the last couple of years. Um so what were the signs for you that apart from obviously the partnership um breakdown, but what were the signs for you that you needed to evolve and change, especially in marketing where the landscape changes constantly well when we decided to you know start out on my own I, I just felt like I really needed to have a point of differentiation I think women owned first of all um, and most of the most of my team is we're women run as well is a point of differentiation because you know we, we we think differently and we just really kind of go about things a different way but from a capability standpoint I knew we had to get deep in digital capabilities um, I'd had a great agency before but it was more 
uh, I would say general advertising and, and things. And we just wanted to get deep in digital um, and as well as um, even deeper in metrics. I believe, uh, I really believe in, you know, advertising isn't just all about the pretty picture, pictures now, it's all about delivering ROI and numbers and metrics. So developing a really strong analytical platform, you know, so we got going in that direction in year one and then kind of year two, we decided we need to even go deeper. So we brought digital media buying capabilities in-house um, because we wanted to really control the whole from start to end. And when it comes to analytics and measurement, you can only, if you're only delivering it so far to the media company and then you can't really impact the results and there's, you know, there's that, I don't wanna say disconnect, but it's a partnership. Um, we like being able to do it, um, you know, the full 360 and be able to like guarantee those, if we say we're gonna do something, we're gonna do it and learn from those results and then keep applying those on the next program. Yeah. So um, bringing digital media buying capabilities in house um, was a, a big move for us. And then, you know, then COVID hit this year. And um, so we had to completely change again, really our style. So our model is um, I have several folks that are remote um, and then we have an office with um, folks here in San Francisco, but because I really believe it's all about bringing the best talent, regardless where you are. And so we were already a pretty flexible model. Um, but, you know, that beginning of the year made us all very flexible, right? So we had to, you know, change, make change again and figure out how to work together as a team. And we actually pitched a really big piece of business and won it over Zoom, which is very unusual because I'm yes. used to doing, you know, yeah. big dog and pony show pitches. And so we've really learned to kind of, um, you know, and also I have a lot of, of folks on my team that are at home with their families, some working moms. So we've all had to learn how to deal with this new normal. Um, but I think it's made us tighter as a team. So I really mm -hmm. feel that over this past year, we've grown and we've put a lot of new digital tools in place to, to you know, to deal with that. But overall, I think we're stronger for sure for it. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of relationships are stronger as well. I was talking to Amy before we came on about how I've been sitting next to my husband for the last six months, who has the world's noisiest <laughs> keyboard and just trying to go with that. But it's interesting that you talk about the power of data and how ROI and, and that strategic data is so important in marketing. And I think that we do in marketing and branding have a tendency to focus on the pretty pictures um, because that's the front end and we can get about part, right? It's why we, it's the fun part why we do it, but it, it is fun, but data, there's so much power in data and we, we just sort of go, Oh yeah, 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 we'll skip over that. But the power and for anyone listening to this, the power is in your numbers um, in any type of marketing. Uh, you've got to make sure that your agency is accountable, accountable to that. I'm talking to the wider audience here, make sure your data, your agency knows their data because otherwise you have, nothing to build on you don't know your rois you don't know whether you're failing or succeeding and um yeah branding isn't all about pretty pictures I yeah i think that the industry's really embraced it i would say over the last you know five to five years it's really mm. forefront which is great because of digital because everything's measurable now now it is yeah i love it um and I'm a big data geek anyway. Don't <laughs> so um, you have two small children, as you mentioned, how do you manage your life as an entrepreneur in general? And then in COVID times? Oh gosh, I was going to say it's, it's two different things. Um, one of the things I figured out 
during uh, COVID is that I thrive on structure and that's how, you know, I, I generally have a plan um, of how things are going to go, but then I feel like I am really flexible and, you know, kind of take everything day by day. Um, so COVID kind of threw that all, um, you know, in the fire. So I had to learn how to uh, get things together uh, in the non-structured world of COVID. But, um, you know, just taking it, you know, day by day, like have an overall plan, but I really just try to, because there is a lot on, on my plate. Um, so I just try to, you know, um, let's just get through the day. But, you know, the biggest thing on how I handle, I would say my entire life, both personally and professionally, is that I just really believe in the power of positive thinking and you really have to just know you can do it and have a positive attitude about it because work is hard, life is hard, and you just have to put a positive spin on it or it's impossible to get through. And I really believe in the power of positive leadership and positive reinforcement as opposed to, um, you know, it's not that you can't be tough. It's just, I feel like um, being driven from that very positive place has seemed to always been worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, Kim calls me the cheerleader. I know I drive him crazy. I'm always like, oh, team. but it's, you know, it's what I know and it's what works for me and it, what's, it what feels good. Um, and it's actually been what's, I feel like, gotten me personally through a lot of these really hard times during COVID of trying to homeschool and, and you know, how do you run a company and, um, you know, that roller coaster. So. Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm very much the positive focus in everything. Always come out with a smile on my face, no matter what's happening. And my husband's like, oh, he's the very sensible one. And I, he's the pessimist, I'm the optimist. And we balance each other out. But I do, I drive in bonkers um, with my unrelenting positivity. And I always, you know, the other, the last piece of that is I just surround myself with a great support team. I mean, on the home front, I have amazing um, support. And then at, at the office, um, you know, you just, uh, first of all, I have an amazing team, but then you just have to figure out what can you handle? What can you not handle? And just get the proper support in place because as an entrepreneur, there's no way you could handle it all. And you just have to recognize that you can't do that and, um, and, uh, trust other folks. I think that's one of the hardest things about learning to be a leader is to lead and let go of the, you know, I used to be a doer and I am a doer. Um, and I like to do that to just keep doing, doing, doing. Um, but being able to, to delegate and get support and kind of keep the team moving forward is very important. Mm. And, and it's focusing on your own zone of genius and letting everyone else take care of the rest. And that's a big step for every entrepreneur I know is going from that. Cause we do often start off by ourselves doing all the doing. Yes. And now then when we go to that, okay, I've got to delegate that letting go of that control and, it can be a very tricky thing to negotiate and having the good people, the good team around you who will step into that is, is absolutely crucial to scaling and being successful on that larger platform. Well, I really feel like that's impacted me in the last five years because, you know, advertising is so changed from, you know, I've been doing it for my, my whole career where we used to present things, you know, sketches on, Know, pencil sketches things and fly all the creative team in to now emailing creative that you would have never done before and presenting it via zoom and just the digital landscape i mean i um on many things in the digital landscape and social media and even in our metrics i'm i'm way out of my comfort zone and 
I, I recognize that. And so my philosophy has always been since I've had an agency is to surround myself with the smartest people and the best talent. Like I'm happy to not be the smartest person in the room <laughs> because I do know that, um, you know, growing up in this business, I did every, you know, I, I, I worked my way up the ranks. So early on I could do it all because I had done it all, but yeah. with the onset of digital media now, um, I just have to recognize that, um, you know, I need to trust it to the experts and just, you know, lead as best I can. So yeah, trust, <laughs> trust. So what does a great day in the office look like for you? What's your favorite thing to do? Oh, my favorite thing to do. Well, my favorite thing is my team. Um, and actually I love coming into the office. Um, it's funny. I, you know, that's one thing COVID gave you an appreciation of. Now I sometimes I'm just like, giggling on my way to the office because I'm not trusted at home. <laughs> now that my kids are back Happy in But I actually always, I, I love my job. I love working and I, I love my team. I love mentoring folks. Um, you know, I love working with our clients. I love, you know, solving a big client problem and having a productive team meeting and then a great client presentation. And I just love all of it. Um, you know, of course there's challenging, tough times and lots of stuff to deal with that isn't fun. And especially in advertising, it's actually quite challenging with client service. You're yeah. usually dealing with a lot of challenges. Um, but, you know, it's, for me, it's all about the people and um, just the relationships and the, again, having your own shop. You can work with, you know, the, the partner vendorships and the, you know, the creative teams that I want to work with and my, my, my uh, the E29 team I mean I it's they're all hand selected so it's it's it, it feels great and I love producing great work with them so it's it's a real privilege to be in a job that you love and and I think as especially women in business now often our work is tied in very closely into our, our identity if I could speak today and I think that's really empowering thing where we used to be seeing, Oh, you work too much or, you know, you're not around your kids enough. We used to get judged for it. Now we're stepping into this thought leadership and saying, you know what, we can do both and we can do both. Well, well, I, you know, I have um, a lot of moms on my team and I have a new mom on my team. And um, something I told her and something I really believe in is that I feel like I'm a better mom because I'm working and I love doing what I love and also vice versa. I think I feel like I've really um, fine tuned my craft being a mom because you learn how to multitask and, yeah. and focus more and yeah. you don't take things for granted. And just, there's a lot of things that I think they really balance each other out. Um, so uh, I just try to embrace that and not feel, not feel guilty about Guilt. it. Because, yeah. You know, um, I think early on I did, but then I realized, um, and I definitely realized being home with them at COVID 24 hours a day, that I'm much better. Like, when they're I'm a lot, better person when I'm working. <laughs> but I, you know, I just, it's all, it's, I got married later in life and I had kids later in life. So it's like, it is really, um, my career's always been really important to me. And I don't think you should have to sacrifice either one. I don't, I do think the idea of balance is not, reality you have to like just decide what makes you happy and it's all about fulfillment as opposed to like there's no balance you just have to kind of prioritize and um you know just stay 
stay doing what makes you feel fulfilled and happy. <laughs> yeah, not anyone else's definition yeah. of that. You know, we're all living our own reality. It's what people look like from the outside looking in. They, they might not see like how you work too much. No, no, I actually really love it. And it keeps me sane. So I love it. Yeah. Um, so what are the tools that you use within your team? This is a question I always ask because uh, the way I see this podcast is to help women who are coming up and learn the tools of the trade. So what are the tools that you guys use to stay connected as a team apart from Zoom? <laughs> I was going to say Zoom has become a huge part of our life mm. and we used to only use it sporadically. And now, I mean, I think we all enjoy it and are, love it. We are all on video Zoom um, for all of our big client meetings as well as our team meetings. And um, we've really embraced it. Um, our team uses, you know, other communication tools like Slack and, and those types of, of tools. But, you know, being a very media metrics driven comp uh, um, company, so, you know, Google Data Studio, Adobe Marketing Mix Models, lots of data driven kind of things. Um, and then, you know, we're always exploring um, new vendors and partnerships. And there's so many new tools out there all of the time that um, we're using, depending on, it kind of really varies by the project as well. Like mm. with the, what the creative needs are for that project or, or what, so. Mm, it's fun. I love new tools. I try not to shiny object syndrome too much. So, yeah, I can get too much go. I kind of stayed with the tried and true, but our team uses a lot of different, a lot yeah. of different things, Yeah. So. so one of the things that I always ask on this podcast, and I am thinking about changing this up, but I think it affects everyone in business is imposter syndrome. So, what have been your methods to overcome this and how do you respond to the bad days in business? Cause we, we live in this world where we see everyone's Instagram feeds and everyone always looks like they're having a great time and they're having a beautiful life. But on the inside, one of the hardest things of being an entrepreneur, especially if you're working alone and then building up a team is, is dealing with those bad days by yourself or, or within your team. So how have you developed that resilience? Yeah. So I thought about this, this one a lot and, um, you know, overall in my career, you know, since I kind of have always been really focused on and excited and, you know, I, you know, early on I was working at big agencies and big accounts. It's very exhilarating and, you know, um, exciting. And um, because I, I think because I worked really hard, I always felt like I earned my seat at the table and I was never... Someone told me early in my career, if you're not um, if you're not challenged by the next position or scared to death of the next position you're taking, that it's not the right fit. And I feel like I've always kind of taken that approach. Like I love challenges and you know what next, what next, more and more. So um, I don't, I've never really felt like oh I shouldn't be here or maybe I'm an imposter. But now I would say a feeling to answer the second part of that question is you know a lot of times, and I would say this has been um, specifically this year during COVID is when I feel like I, you know, there are times when I'm having a tough day or you can't find that balance or, you know, being a working mom where I feel like I'm disappointing the team or I'm not being the leader I want to be. And I feel like I'm really hard on myself on, um, you know, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough for E29? Am I doing enough to, to lead the team? Mostly because I have such an amazing team. They like, I feel like, you know, more and more and more, but I feel like that's been mostly since I've had E29, but earlier in my career, I, 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 um, I feel like I was just excited to be at every position I was at. And um, I don't know, that's like, <laughs> I, I, I guess I just really like, I haven't tried to fake it. And I just, it, you know, I know I'm not an expert in some things. I'm just happy to be there. I work hard to get there. And, and 
you just have to do what you can do on your, you know, your own and accept it. And, you know, when it comes to feeling like from a leadership standpoint, if I'm not doing enough, I really had to come to terms with being, you know, just saying it's okay, you know, or, or doing what you can and being, you know, being, um, being good to yourself, I guess. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Except that you. we can't, we can't always <laughs> do it all, be it all and have it all. all yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. So you've mentioned your team. So, so how else do you maintain your sense of community um, while being a, a leadership, woman in leadership in business? Oh gosh, I'm not sure if I'm so great at maintain, maintaining. Maintaining. Um, <laughs> up and down. Um, but community is super important to me. But for me, it's all about the people in my life. Like relationships kind of drive um, everything, whether it be my family, my coworkers. Um, you know, there's all the digital tools out there, maintaining your social media platforms and all those things. But I, you know, quite frankly, I like an old fashioned phone call. And I wish I had more time to just pick up the phone and call. Um, and I think this year has really made us, had made, made me take a, a look at like what's important to me and really trying to pick up the phone and call those folks and keep that sense of community. Um, I'm lucky, you know, we live in a community that's a really good support system for moms and working moms and have great, you know, friends and family from a, uh, that community standpoint. Um, but, I think just the old fashioned um, contacting and talking to, to each other. Um, I love to call my team on the phone instead of texting and slacking and all that. Like I said, I still, I still like some of the old school tactics because I think that's true connection mm. in real community. Um, mm. Not that I do the other things as well, but. But yeah, it's, it's <laughs> actually seeing people's faces, hearing people's voices and that human side of things is, is one of our basic human needs. So that sense of belonging. Yeah. Connection. Um, I don't think there's any, like, anything that can replace actually talking to somebody, you know. So. And that will help, obviously, your amazing teen culture. So, yeah. So, what's your why? What keeps you motivated in, in your business and your life? Oh, well, <laughs> sort of an easy. My, my why definitely is my family. So, yeah. you know, I have my work family. Um, I really do think of them as family. And then my kids and my immediate family, my kids and my husband, uh, but you know, my, my, you know, parents and sisters and all those, my immediate family as well. But, you know, I do think that, you know, being a mom is my number one priority early in my, early in my career, my career was absolutely my number one priority. And I actually feel lucky that like I got to a point where I can do it on my own. That, you know, I am an entrepreneur. Um, if I was still you know, working in a big shop, working till 10, 11 o'clock at night, I wouldn't be able to have the life with my kids that I have. So I really value that. Um, but both are important to me. So I really try to work at that balance because I don't want to disappoint. It's constantly finding that balance of not disappointing one or the other um, because I, I don't want to fail either of them. Mm -hmm. So um, it's constantly, that's definitely my why is keeping both of my, both my, both my families happy. Yeah. <laughs> And they, they have a tendency to do this in balance, up and down, up and down. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But they're all they're all loved. Very loved. So <laughs> what are your what's your number one top tip? What's your top three tips? Whatever for all the smart women in business in the world, from startup to advanced. <laughs> so um I would say the number one thing for me is that, you know, 
since I do believe in the power of positive thinking with that starts like be kind. I really don't believe um, you have to be super cutthroat and, and nasty in business to get ahead. Really feel like I found a lot of success building great relationships and, and, and having a really positive approach. Um, and I think as women, um, we sometimes feel like we have to be tougher or um, more cutthroat. We won't be successful if we're, we're being that way. And I just, you know, just being kind and thinking about that first as you go into whatever relationship um, it is. But also don't be, I mean, I don't think I'm really afraid and I like to take risks. So you got to take a risk, you know, just the, the universal send you whatever it's supposed to come to you. But I feel like you just got to take a leap of faith and believe in yourself. Um, and also don't try to be, you know, something you're not with that. Like, don't look at the competition and like, you have to do it your way. I think that's something that women uniquely bring to the table is like, do it your way. And that's going to be great. Whatever that deliverable is, is like, that's going to be your stamp of, of your bright, your own personal brand and live it and do it and do it your way. And, um, at E29, we have, you know, our tagline is elevating the agency experience. So we just really want to do things in the E29 way, like make everything um, a little bit more exceptional. So, um, yeah, and just keep, 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 uh, keep learning, keep changing, just got to keep rolling with it. If this year taught us anything, it's about resilience. We're all this evolving. I keep, keep moving on the next thing. Um, our agency, we used to have what I thought was a, you know, some forward thinking culture and, and benefits and things like we had work from home Fridays and some other really, um, things that I thought were beneficial, but now, I mean, all that, we all work from home now, or most people do. So I have to completely rethink all of our benefits. I mean, you constantly have to be like, okay, how do I stay on the edge of the next thing? And how do I reinvent myself? And what are we now? Um, whether it be from like technical capabilities to, you know, your thinking and changing with the world. I mean, I feel like our clients now, a lot of times we don't even, we re are recommending building, you know, quarterly, um, plans or six month plans as opposed to annual plans because the mm. world is changing so quickly. It's just not a good spend anymore to do a whole annual plan. So all those little aspects of business, you just gotta be ready to roll with nimble it. change. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because 12 months used to be so standard and now 12 months is a really, really long time now. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> so much can happen in 12 months. So perfect way. And that's why I say like, you know, don't try to, you have to do it your own way because um, there isn't the perfect recipe. And then if, if so, you won't be doing it authentically and it won't feel good. And you have to just, you know, find what's right for you. And what for that's something different for everybody. Mm, that alignment is really important. Yeah. You've got to feel aligned with your clients and the way you work and your method the way you deliver what you do yeah and as a team and you know sometimes we'll get feeling like something's not working and try to say okay how can we do this differently or you know relationship starts to feel a little funny and you got to think about like how can you know how can we kind of mix this up and t take a different approach maybe mm. for what mm. we're doing mm. i love that thank you so wonderful amy how can listeners find out more about you and what you do Every day. I would love to hear from anybody. I love talking to um, women and anybody, not just women, um, <laughs> women, uh, helping them, teaching them. Um, 
but um, go to our website um, or anyone can email me directly. It's e29marketing.com and um, love to hear from you. So. Thank you so much, Amy, for your time. Um, I will put the links to Amy's website in the show notes and you can contact her if you would like to know more about Amy and her journey and what she does. So thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's fun. Okay, thanks.